0: In the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Amen. Last week we heard in Genesis 11 that before the story begins, humanity is divided. Tribes have emerged, each speaking their own language, each defending what they see as their own, each wanting more. There is greed and violence. War and destruction. This is not what God intended for this world. Creation is suffering. Paying the price for this rupture. It is still paying the price. In Genesis 12 we heard that the story begins with God. The story always begins with God. The story begins with God inviting Abram and Sarah to leave Haran, the land where their fathers had ceased their journey, where the cooking fires burned and the bones of the dead were buried. They were invited to leave his people, his hapu and fano, to leave his marae and all that defined their position in the world, what their life was about how they lived their life, they were invited into an impossibility. With his barren wife, Sarai, Abram was invited into the unknown to give birth to a great nation, to be the primary ancestors of numberless descendants when they could not give birth to one. They were invited to trust this God and to sacrifice all for this promise. If they trust, this new people will be unlike any other. They would be the means by which God healed the rupture, restoring this world to all that God intended. Greed and violence would be replaced with compassion and generosity. The tribes working together to build peace. So that creation is healed, renewed, and all would live in harmony, as God always intended. And Abram and Sarai trust. They leave behind all they were, and become the mother and father of this hope. But too soon their descendants forget. Trust with us. Even in the wilderness... After being freed from slavery, this people forget who they are, forget that the story begins with God. They curse Moses, despite all that has been done. They long to return to slavery, to the old ways of tribe. They live in fear. Even when water gushes from the rock, living water in every sense, running, gurgling water, giving life in the harsh desert. It is hard to trust, it is hard to be this people. But that is not the end of the story. The promise remains. In John's words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." born in Bethlehem to parents who live in a cave in Galilee, the son of a carpenter and a young peasant girl, now a travelling rabbi, living the promise of human community healed, creation restored, the reign of God, eternal life, now. And crowds come, amazed at his acts, troubled by his words. One comes, a man of note, an elder and Pharisee, a Judean comato. He comes at night in the dark to test this peasant rabbi of no standing. He begins courteously to get this conversation underway, but he becomes stuck. When Jesus replies, take it from me, unless a person is born again from above, it is not possible to see what I am pointing to, to God's kingdom. He can't get past the words. He can't hear the invitation, the invitation to Abraham and Sarah to trust God alone. How can one climb into your mother's womb? The words make no sense. Especially to one who trusts in his ancestors, Abraham and Sarah. He is a man of status and mana, an insider, a leader of the people of God, who has spent a life getting to this place, this place of authority, representing his community's best judgement. He can't hear the invitation, he can't enter the conversation, he is stuck. This learned man of debate, it will be a long journey. So Jesus speaks to all present. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By trusting in him, as Abraham and Sarah trusted, anyone can have a whole and lasting life now. Anyone can be part of God's healing work. The world. That word has so many meanings. And it is so easy to limit who that might include. We do it all the time. The world begins with people like us. With fame comes attention from some who do not like his words. So Jesus decides to return home to Galilee, but not the normal route. He chooses a way that will invite and teach. His route will show exactly who is included, all that Jesus means by the world. They turn up through Samaria full of those that no faithful Jew could ever imagine might be included in the world. They are beyond any people that God could ever love. They are defiled and cursed. Their whakapapa is scattered across so many generations, so many peoples, too many peoples, They are no people. But there is Jesus, and his ancestors well, in the light of the midday sun, speaking to a Samaritan, a woman. He is defiled by speaking to her. He is defiled by asking help from her. He is defiled by asking to touch her Samaritan drinking vessel. Under the midday sun, she is alone. Surprised at this outrage, she should walk away. But she stands her ground, draws breath, and responds to the strained Jewish rabbi. She too gets stuck in the words, the offer of living water, hearing the literal meaning. The words make no sense. But unlike Nicodemus, stuck in the dark, she stands in the midday sun and responds, engages in conversation, taking Jesus on in theological debate. And in doing so, Jesus reveals who he is as he reveals her shame and five husbands who have died or divorced her, left her alone, shunned living with another, either the brother of a previous husband or one who offers safety for sex. And in that moment of being known, she experiences living water, life-giving water, unlike anything she has experienced before, grace upon grace, being known and immersed in divine love in the midday sun. He utters the words only Moses had heard I am. She is the first. She is blinded by light. Could he be our long awaited Samaritan Messiah? She joins the notable nameless of John's Gospel, the mother of Jesus, who has no name, the beloved disciple. Who has no name, unnamed and yet central. And she becomes the first missionary, leaving her jug behind. Her jug, the means by which she drew water to live. Her jug that represents all the pain of her life, all that was wrong in her life. Her jug, perhaps now unneeded. She has living water water. and she leaves this jug with a man, a Jewish man, she now calls family. As she walks back to share the life, the light she found in her darkness, past the bewildered and slightly outraged, devout and yet so blind disciples. She becomes the, mean by which, the means by which God teaches his Jewish followers, lost in their darkness of religious pride and cultural prejudice, what it means to be a disciple. He reminds them of the promise to Sarah and Abraham. They would be the means by which God will heal the rupture, restore this world and all who live in it, to all that God intended replacing greed and violence with compassion and generosity, inviting the tribes to work together to build peace so that creation is healed, renewed, and all, all, even Samaritans, would live in harmony as God always intended. Through this one nameless woman, we too hear I am. We too are offered living water. As light shines for us in our broken world, on this first anniversary of violent bigotry, hate-filled murder, deadly white supremacy, when the world was reduced to white people like me. This story reminds us of the destructive power of tribes. This story invites us to know that God so loved the world. So on this first anniversary, what do we hear for us in the story? what stood out and what have we invited to. I invite you to have a conversation with your neighbours.